to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast. I'm Jason Gatarski. I'm Andy Lennox. And get your German pronunciation guides ready so you can send us angry emails because today we're talking about the Spiel des Jahres, the German game of the year. So um, we thought it would be fun, um, especially because we're going to get into this as the media of the episode, that the three nominees and the winner um, of last year, the 2013 Spiel des Jahres, would all be considered fillers and fillers that that i would personally personally recommend as just great games to introduce to new gamers or to kind of take with you uh most of the time you know to wherever you'd go whether it be a family gathering or to a uh you know to to a gaming event um so first we'll we'll just talk a little bit about what the spiel the jar uh the jar is is um like i said it's the it's the german game of the year it's been around since uh 78 78 yep uh so uh it's a year older than i am but uh the the idea is um generally and andy will kind of give you the official description of kind of how the what what criteria is involved but it has to be released in germany and um and and it's eligible at that point but but over the years historically it's been a, a wide variety of games uh family game euro game um occasional kind of lighter fare but sometimes more complex um, kind of based on innovation, you know, it, it seems like there, there's games that are that are big, heavy, meaty games, but then there's also games that are really simple games that we would consider gateway games now. Um, in the last few years, they've uh, they've split the award into three different uh, categories, and that is the 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 Spiel des Jahres, which is the family kind of uh, gateway game. Really, it's it's directed more towards mass market, maybe maybe mass market in Germany and Europe. Um, then there's also the the Kennerspiel, which is the advanced strategy or the connoisseur gamers game of the year, which a lot of the games from the past Spiel des Jahres winners would now fit into that category. Uh, and then there's also the Kinderspiel, which is the kids game of the year, which uh, th- there's some occasionally kids games have won the the Spiel des Jahres in the past, like Enchanted Forest uh, in the 80s and um, Heron Tortoise is a racing game. Uh, but so now it has its own category, and we don't see nearly enough of these great little kids games get imported um, to the U.S. as we do see the Spiel des Jahres. If you win the Spiel des Jahres as a designer, you're probably going to sell upwards of 100,000 copies of your game. So it's a way of really le- legitimizing the hobby and uh, helping families to know like what's a great game. If I'm only going to buy one game this year, what should I buy? Um, so Andy, why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about what, uh, what the, the judging is based on? So the, the criteria for a Spiel des Jahres winner is, number one is game concept. So originality, playability, and game value. The next is rule structure, composition, clearness, clearness and comprehensibility. Layout, which is box, board, and rules. And design, which is functionality and worksmanship. Now, number one and two, if you listen to our episode one, you'll, you'll know like all of the things that we say are, are important in a filler. There's a lot of overlap there for what makes a filler and what makes a good what makes a good filler and what makes a spiel des Jahres winner i think yeah so um playability game value maybe like, we should be on the jury <laughs> are we are we eligible are, that's what we're angling for yeah. in this episode we're gonna become dual citizens <laughs> just so we can be a part of what's going on over there um and then rule structure composition clearness and comprehensibility like a good filler is has tends to have very few rules and be really easily understood understandable so it's not a surprise that the the nominees this year and the winner are are all simpler games that are easy to play 
easy to bring out for anybody and fun to get started with in, in, in any game group. Yeah, and I, and I think that they've really kind of put a laser focus uh, on that in, in recent years. Um, the, the last couple of years, you know, Dominion, uh, Quirkle, Dixit are some of the most recent winners. But but further back, you can see games like uh, El Grande, right, which is like mm-hmm. a, a heavier kind of Euro game. Medium Tikal. Yeah, Tikal. These, these games that, like, you know, we, we, we wouldn't necessarily just find the average American playing. You know, you're going to yeah. see them at conventions. You're going to see them at, at game shops. But they're not necessarily, the, like, you know, going to come out like Monopoly does at, at so I many I think part of that houses. is because the, the hobby itself is growing so much. Um, you do have these different audiences that are now need to be catered to in different ways whereas before i think in the in the 80s and 90s there was one gaming audience and you were at least in america i don't know how it how it goes over there but there's there was one gaming audience and you're selling to the whole audience and now the audience is growing enough to where they can say all right there's three different awards and they're for three different audiences within the, the hobby oh and yeah, that's yeah, kind that's of a possibility that's kind of exciting that there's enough variation of of groups within the hobby to be able to cater to them in in those ways mm-hmm. like there's the advanced strategy spiel this yarsh winner who like this is this is not for everybody but if you know you know if you're into games if you're a hardcore gamer you're gonna love this and then there's the the one for everybody and then there's the one for kids like that's really that's interesting to me that the the award is sort of grown with the gaming community that's cool. Yeah, that's a neat parallel to, to, to kind of pick up on. Um, so let's just kind of talk just briefly about, like, what are some of the nominees or uh, past winners that stand out to you, Andy, as, like, games that you love? Whether, you know, again, whether it's a filler or not. I think Dixit uh, in 2010 was a winner. And that game, like, if, if you would have sat it in front of me and said, what do you think of this game? <laughs> I'd be like, this better win awards because it's, it's amazing. Like, Dixit is such an elegant fun little game i don't know if you've ever played it but you're you're basically coming up with vague descriptions of art <laughs> right right <laughs> and like as hoping, a game yeah as a game concept that's just so bizarre and so fun and it, it works on every level and i don't think i've seen any games really like riffing on that idea or copying it at all because like it's 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 one of those cases where the first one did it best yeah. And nobody's been able to really, like, follow up with that. Right, it's a magical game. The, the art is beautiful. I mean, mechanically, there, there's a little bit of apples-to-apples style stuff in there where, like, everybody throws in a card, and then you, you want to make your description... You want people to guess your card, but if everybody guesses your card, if you were too blatantly obvious in your description or in your story or your one sentence or whatever yeah. you use, then then you don't get any points. Yeah. And that's got that interesting social game that kind of thing going on that I love about games in general yeah. it's like you're playing the table but you're also describing abstract artworks that's are, it's just so fun the other one that stands out to me again is dominion uh everybody's played dominion but it's another one of those ones that it won the spiels yards and then goes on to like be the best deck builder it was the first deck builder <laughs> it's the best deck builder like well you know in your in your humble opinion <laughs> it's it's my it's my deck builder of choice as well though yeah. Um, but for a lot of people have kind of like said, oh, other games do it better now. But yeah, it, it invented a, jo- a genre of yeah. games. So like you can't look at this list and not sort of see the history of gaming like as it stands. Like the Spielshars really does nail it. You know, like they really they really get it. They tend to get it right. You know what I mean? There's yeah, very it, few games on here that didn't 
that didn't make a big splash in some way. Definitely. If you if you look back, there's there's different genres, different styles. Some of the most famous designers, they're all represented. You know, uh, when, at one point when I first got into gaming, I'm like, I want my goal, I want my collection, I want to have every single Spiel des winner. But I gave up on it pretty pretty early because some of them didn't get printed in the U.S. and and uh, some of them just kind of maybe lose their 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 uh, appeal after a while. But I, I have played a number of them, uh, and going back to some of the early ones. Uh, uh, Heimlich and Company, I think it's Wolfgang Kramer, but uh, it's it's one of the earlier social deduction type games. You you move these characters around and you roll the dice. It's a simple roll and move game, which you know we would say, oh no, not roll and move. But the thing is, you move any color you want, but nobody knows what color you are. So you're trying to move your guy forward without making it obvious that that's your guy. That's fun. And it's a simple game. And it and it's it's chunky and it's got eight cards and a board, you know, in these big yeah. chunky meeples. Um then, you know, uh Alan Moon, I think he was the first American designer to win with Elfinland. Oh, and yeah. uh and then he he went on and and won again with uh with Ticket to Ride, which I've mentioned is one of my favorite games. Um then you have Settlers of Catan, you know, so so the history of this show, like you, that's the most popular, you know, everybody's calling it the Monopoly Killer. It's the gateway game of choice for most people. What brings people into the hobby? Um, these games, these games show us a lot about uh, about what there is out there and uh, some of the variety. There's some card games in there. There's some dice games in there. So uh, this year, this year, today, right now, we're gonna move on to talk <laughs> about the the 2013 last year's nominees, which uh, there were three of them. And we'll just kind of, you know, give our little recommendations, overviews about those. And uh, and that'll be about all we have time for today. So the three nominees from 2013 Spiel des Jahres um, would be Rise of Augustus by, I believe his name is... Palomori. Palomori, yes. Who, who, he had a good year. He put out three three or four games last year. But uh, And then another one is one that isn't out in the U.S. yet, uh, but it's called Quix. And it'll be coming out... Uh, I think this this spring from Game Right Games, and the winner of the Spiel des Jahres for 2013 was Antoine Bauza's Hanabi. Now An- Antoine Bauza had won the uh, the Kenner Spiel the year before with Seven Wonders or, or two years ago, but he he he's been putting out game after game, and he's a designer we need to talk about sometime because I think that most of his games fit into this kind of filler. If not, they're always like really close. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna get started with I'm just talking about Rise of Augustus, my clear favorite of the list um this this game has been called gamer bingo (laughs) (laughs) because it has this mechanic where you're pulling different chips out of a bag you're calling the name of the the name of the chip and then everyone take everyone has a set of three cards in front of them they take a pawn and they put it on their cards no they take a legion a a legion a legionnaire (laughs) and they put it on that spot that's represented on the card and when you fill out a card, you say Ave Caesar. You say Bingo. <laughs> everybody, you're supposed to say Ave Caesar, but everybody says Bingo. So you say Bingo, and then you throw the card in the middle, and you score. And then each card has special abilities that it does. Um, you get bonus points for collecting, for completing sets of cards, just to make um, make it add a little bit of long term strategy to the yep, game. Yep, there's a pressure luck aspect to it, where like if you're the first one to claim five. Uh, to claim five territories or cards or whatever, you can cl- claim the five territory tile. Right, or there's the different colored, you know, you can go for yep. different colored territories or you can go with senators or some yeah. of the cards in there. And then there's some there's some gotcha mechanics in there where certain ones that you complete, you can knock other people's uh, 
legionnaires off of their cards, or you can uh, lengthen the game a little bit by making everybody else discard a, a completed objective. And it's it's just a simple game. The the art and the theme sort of made me think it would be a lot heavier than it is, but it really is a filler because the setup takes two seconds, and you play it in fifteen minutes. And then every every time I've ever brought it out, they say I want to play again. Like, yeah, they're like, "What you want to play bingo?" Again? <laughs> like, but it, but it, I mean, that's that's the effect it has. It it's a tight little game, and I think if it didn't have that yearly theme, we probably wouldn't pay attention to it. You know, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't uh, have made a splash for me without. It wouldn't have stood out to me in that way because because it does have this really dead simple bingo mechanic, but then it's in contrast with this heavier Euro theme. Yeah. That's what makes it really work, I think. Because you think you're going to... So you take it a little bit more seriously. It, it, it makes you take the game a little bit more seriously because it has that theme. And you're not just... But then it ends up being this raucous good time. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen... And it is it does lend itself to like good strategies. Like I've seen people do really well because they like do like... But I cannot win this game. Like, oh no, dude! It's it's, terrible. I'm horrible. You at know it. what's really cool about this game? My favorite thing about this game is I played it uh, with some of the Dice Hate Me guys uh, at uh, I guess it was Origins when people there was only forty copies and they were like fighting over them. You know, like people were like, <laughs> "I'll buy that." They walk up to my friends and be like, "I'll buy that for a hundred bucks right now." And he's like, "Uh, yeah, okay, or I'll trade you two games for your one game." Even though it's going to be in stores in a month, like yeah. gamers are crazy, and I oh, love of course. them. But um, my favorite thing about this game is that, like I played it with those guys and it was a, it was a lot of fun. But then I brought it home to my wife. And my four-year-old daughter. And she plays this with us. Because the mechanic is so simple. Like, we we put the cards in front of her. She knows what to say. She knows to say Ave Caesar. (laughs) She knows how to match up. You know, like, I pull out the catapult. And she's, you know, she matches Mm -hmm. up her thing. And then when she wins and she chooses her next card, she just chooses the one that she thinks is the coolest looking and puts it in her pile. But she's came close or won just by, like, randomly picking cards to replace her new ones. And, you know, I, I give her choices. Like, here's the bonus tokens you can go for. So, like, it's easy enough that you can play with a sharp you know, young kid, you know, or you can play with your gamer buddies, you know, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a, that's a, that's a win in my book. So clearly why but, that one was the number. But the box is ridiculous. It's the size of a coffin <laughs> and it can fit in the like ba- your the pocket. Ba- yeah. The bag that holds the chips, you could put all of the, absolutely. Like I've, I've traveled with that game. Like I, I have to go out to California for work a lot and I just shove all the components into the bag. Right. And then it fits right into my carry on. Nice. Yeah. So the next one um, is one of my favorites uh, of the bunch, and that's Quicks. And Quicks is just a simple dice game with a score sheet and six dice. Uh, you have six. The dice are four different colors. You have uh, yellow, blue, uh, red, and green, and then um, two white dice. So the way that this game works is um, you roll all six dice, and when you roll those six dice. You have a choice. You can add one of your colored dice to one of the white dice and mark off a number on your sheet. And the way that these go on the um, on the score sheet is that yellow and red move um, from 2 to 12 in ascending order. And then green and blue move from 12 to 2. And when you make your choice, you X off a number. So if I choose 12 on uh, green, if I have a 6 on a white die and a 6 on my green die, I, sh- I choose my 12 and I make an X on the 12. Now, I uh, next time I can do 11, you know, I can skip ahead if I get a green 9, I can move to 9. But then anything in between, if I skip ahead, I can't go back. You can only go um, to the next space on your right. So anything to your left that you skip over, you lose. So one's go- uh, two are going up and two are going down. Um, 
so it's a simple like you, you roll the dice you figure out what you're going to take what you're going to check off and the most you get the more check boxes check marks you have in a single color the more points you get it's like a compounding kind of triangular scoring kind of a deal um but the but the best part of the game for me is like you think about yahtzee in a simple dice game where you're just okay you could roll three times right um everybody else is watching you take your turn and it's and it's kind of boring to wait for your turn to come around while people are essentially taking three turns um before they get to you or before they get to the next person in this game those two white dice are available to everybody so if i roll a five and a, and a six then 11 is available to everybody else at the table so everybody in the game is fully engaged throughout the whole game and then what's your turn you get to add up those two white ones or one of the colored ones and one of the white ones um it comes in a small uh, box. I think GameRite's going to put it, I don't know if it's going to be in one of their tins or one of their small card boxes, but uh, it's a super simple game um, that that I've played with uh, with with my a lot of two-player games and with some kind of casual gaming uh, couple friends of ours, and it's went over really, really well. So that's coming out soon, and I, I would highly recommend it as a game that just to throw in your bag and take wherever you go. I would give this one as Christmas gifts to people who play Yahtzee. Oh, totally. Because this is such a step up in, like, I think anybody who, who likes Yahtzee will love this. And anyone who wants to drag me into a game of Yahtzee, yeah. if they were, if they, if this was the game they were trying to drag me into, I would, I would not have to go kicking and screaming. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And, and it, and it is, it's, it's got meaningful decisions. Um, your brain is engaged mm-hmm. and, uh, it's good. It's by Stefan Bendorf. Um, great so, game. Yeah, so the last one of the is the winner, the 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 big one that took home the prize, and that is Hanabi. Um, so Hanabi uh, is a reverse, or not a reverse, a, a deduction game, where um, you are giving verbal cues to a player about the cards they have in their hand because they can't see their cards. Their their cards are uh, face out towards the group, and you're trying to lay down sets in order of five different colors. The theme is fireworks, but it could be any theme. That doesn't matter. Um, But you're trying to lay down red from one through five in order. And you give a clue, like, these cards in your hand are all red, or these cards are all twos, or this is just a three. And you have to give all the information about the specific characteristic, but that's all you can do. And then they have to choose to either play a card or... um, Discard a card and gain a token. Yeah, discard a card and gain a token, which allows them to... That you spend the tokens to give people clues. Right. So there's a little bit of a resource management thing going on with that. Um, It's totally cooperative. Um, Giving people information and giving people good clues is really fun. There's just the logical aspect to it is engaging for any kind of gamer, but there's also a social aspect to it where if you have, like, mind reading powers with some with one of your friends <laughs> like you are going to do really well at this game um i don't i think there's the cooperative aspect of it is is great i just i love that like people have an idea of what a good score is and if you go online and talk to people they're like oh i scored i scored 20 at hanabi the other day oh my gosh good job you know like it's it's a hard hard game to do really well at and it's a skill that you and a group can develop together, or you and like another player can develop together. Um, it's I think it's great for couples. It really is a great couples game because you you can work together with your significant other to to complete this thing and and really like solve the puzzle together um, instead of just 
playing Agricola All Creatures Great and Small like my wife and I do. And <laughs> we play that game so cutthroat. But uh, <laughs> nice. But uh, but Hanabi is a great uh, change of pace, um, and it's small and cheap. I think if we go over the if you go over the criteria for which these things are judged, you can see that this game has everything in spades: originality, playability, game value. It's cheap. There's like a deck of cards 10 bucks yeah composition clearness and comprehensibility of rules the rules are just so straightforward you can teach somebody this game in like in two minutes yeah then you want to make it the you want to play the whole night yeah design uh it's totally functional it's it's a great game yeah awesome so there you have it the uh so if you're looking for good fillers or good games to introduce people to the gaming hobby uh look at the spiel de jar winners and especially the nominees and winner from 2013 Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you'll subscribe in iTunes uh, and share our show with your friends. You can find me on Twitter if you want to talk more at Jason Katarski. And Andy? I'm at Andy underscore Lennox. Awesome. Have a great time and uh, go play some Steel the Jar winners. Bye.